With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, which is all about you being empowered with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and avoid getting ripped off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Think about that mission, save more, spend less, avoid getting ripped off, which is all based on me giving you information and advice that works to help you do those things. But what if I give you what seems like advice or information that you later find out didn't work or somehow boomeranged on you? That's why we have Clark Stinks, where you can go to Clark.com and post where you feel I didn't deliver on my promise to you. Other people can read it. Other people can post comments. And then once a week, Producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, let's start out with something that everybody cares about. Toilet paper. <laughs> Hello, Clark. I oh, have boy. never been mistaken as an environmentalist, but the other day you mentioned having TP delivered from Sam's. I had some toilet paper delivered a while back, and after I placed the order, it really made me think about the overconsumption and wasteful society that we live in. All the fuel being used to bring me toilet paper just does not seem wise. Once again, I'm not an environmentalist, just very adverse to unnecessary, wasteful choices. So this thing about having home delivery, it's kind of hard to figure if that is actually environmentally wasteful. Because if you think about the logistics side, the FedEx or UPS driver is doing multiple stops all through the day. Both companies use very sophisticated software to make the trips as fuel efficient as possible. On the other hand, if all of us are running around to different stores, we're running up fuel in our own vehicles and we're creating more congestion on the roads. So I'm not sure, maybe I'm missing something, but I'm not sure that I'm actually making things worse for Earth by having online orders and deliveries to my home. And Krista, if you didn't have it at your house, your husband would just absolutely leave you if you didn't allow deliveries, oh, right? Yeah, for sure. Although he, he bought a bad brand of toilet paper recently. He didn't realize the one that we need, and it was a nightmare. The one that you need? A huge pack from the warehouse club he bought. of well, The one that we use that's actually soft. This was like the toilet paper used to have in an elementary school, like the little sheets that are like cardboard. It was awful. We ended wait, up wait, giving wait. it away. Your husband bought ultra, ultra cheap toilet paper? I doubt it was cheap. It was actually a brand name, but it was bad. 
Anyway, this is Clark Stinks, not Mike Stinks. <laughs> Clark mentioned that high-income earners would do better to place money into a tax-free money market account rather than an online or traditional savings account, which is subject to ordinary income taxes. However, when researching the performance of these funds, they are currently significantly lower than the interest rates provided by many online banks, even when accounting for taxes at the highest income bracket. That doesn't even include the expense ratios and risk attached to these funds. Considering that online savings accounts are FDIC insured, for most people it probably makes more sense to park your money there. However, with interest rates expected to rise, perhaps the mal- malodor of this advice will slowly dissipate. Donald. Donald, I appreciate it. And we are in a time of rapidly changing interest rates. And it is possible that you will find a um, taxable savings account that the interest rate is enough higher than on a money market fund and would make the information that I gave incorrect. But if someone is with a low-cost provider of money market funds, think Vanguard, you are likely going to do better if you're in the 37% tax bracket being in one of their money market funds, particularly if you look at with many low-cost providers, you look at the short-term or limited-term varieties that don't have a fixed set price. But if you look strictly at money at a municipal money market, you're right. You may outrun that in a taxable savings account right now, but that gap will close over the course, likely, of this summer. Clark, I am a longtime listener and much appreciative of all I've learned, but could not believe you were so nonchalant when describing how some nursing homes kick residents to the curb after their money runs out. I've heard you get into more of a snit about an airline charging someone an extra $100 for a suitcase than a business booting a defenseless elderly person in a walker to a bus stop. I appreciate you are very successful, Clark. But you should get your flipping priorities in order. And I apologize for the flipping. Steve in Wyoming. Steve, if I sounded callous about elderly people being put out on the street by nursing homes, then that is a serious character flaw on my part. And if I was callous in the segment you heard, then I apologize to you because that is unacceptable behavior on my part. It is a terrible event with nursing homes walking people to bus stops and leaving them there, and it is something that should not be going on in our country. You know, we don't have, obviously, sufficient compassion for our elderly. We don't respect the elderly in the United States like people do in many other countries, and many other cultures. Clark, you recently quoted a consumer con- quoted Consumer Reports finding that there is nothing that shows that the sunscreen chemicals are bad for you, and you should use the sunscreen that they found to be most effective. Really, Clark, nothing. In all fairness, research has shown that there may be a link between the use of sunscreens and other diseases. For example, according to the respected nonprofit Environmental Working Group, 
their sunscreen guide, most sunscreen products on the market were found to contain hormone-disrupting ingredients such as oxybenzone. Your listeners can further look into the health concerns of hormone disruptors, but if you don't mention it, they will most likely only see the bright side, excuse the pun, of sunscreen. Mark. Mark, (laughs) very punny of you. (laughs) So all I did was, you know, I... I never did well in science in school. In fact, I did horribly in science in school. And I feel unqualified to speak to that. I only was parroting what Consumer Reports said. I really trust Consumer Reports. And it's great that you gave an alternative viewpoint on that. Because Consumer Reports said, and and I'm going to paraphrase now because I don't have it in front of me, but they said that in spite of concerns over the years, they have found no definitive evidence that there is harm from using sunscreens with chemicals and that the benefit of the sunscreens with chemicals outweighed any potential concerns people had. Again, paraphrasing Consumer Reports. Clark wouldn't know about employee stock purchase plans if it bit him. Yes, PP. You are a bit more smelly than roadkill on this topic. A couple of weeks ago, a caller called about their ESPP plan at work where they are able to purchase their own company stock at a discount. You totally got lost in the conversation by going off on how much someone's own company stock should make up in their portfolio. That, that was not his question. The caller, as I do, have the ability to save money in the, into their company ESPP. At the end of the plan period, usually 6 to 12 months, you can buy the stock at 85% of the value on that day. The caller is guaranteed an automatic 15% taxable return on their savings, even if they sell the stock the next day. The return could be higher if they hold the stock and it appreciates or could be less if it goes down. The point is that the typical ESPP actually has at least a 15% return on his savings in the plan. You are confusing ESPP with incentive stock options. Get off the high horse and start doling out shares of Clark Inc. to Krista Joel et al. Brian from Signal Mountain, Tennessee. Brian, if I did not explain it as you did, that is my fail because I have participated over the years in several ESPPs and they work exactly as you said. And in each of the ones that I participated in, I received a 15% discount on the stock. And in my case, I donated all the proceeds of every one that I... uh, that I did to Habitat for Humanity, and it built several Habitat homes. So I am actually very familiar with ESPPs, and they are a potential very good deal for employees. And you're right, I did get lost in the weeds. I remember that call now. I did get lost in the weeds where I was all about not putting too much money in your employer. And so I got off track and you set the track right. Or you got me back on the right track? How's that? (laughs) Helicopter parent callers. Clark, thanks for all that you do. I've noticed an annoying trend of parents calling for advice pertaining to their adult children. If two eight-year-old twins can manage a great conversation with you, why not require that the 21-year-old wanting advice about transportation in a new city 
and all the others call you himself instead of having his mother call you, especially if she can't find a quiet place to talk to you. I also thought you missed an opportunity to recommend that the 21-year-old explore public transportation options rather than renting a car. What could be more frugal than taking advantage of the existing public transportation infrastructure? Plus, it's often a great way to get to know a new city instead of driving. Anyway, thanks for again for your hard work, Lewis. Lewis, thank you. All right, so let's deal with the second part first. There's a lot of the country that you can't use public transportation in any easy way. I mean, you, you think about it, we can count the cities that have great public transportation on one hand, Boston, New York, Washington, Philadelphia, Chicago. Oh, I made it to the second hand, San Francisco. I guess that's it. And so everywhere else somebody might be going, using public transportation is very difficult. On the main point you made about parents calling with questions concerning their adult children, we've talked about this, and it's asking me to make a value judgment to tell someone, yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to answer your question, but... You know, your kid's 21, your kid's 28, your kid's 34. I want your kid to call in. There are times that the question that a parent brings to me is a problem that I really need to say, hey, I really need your kid to call in, and we can talk about it. But in the dynamics of a family, adolescence has stretched in a lot of families, much older than 18 or 21 or 24 so I'm happy to answer those questions, but your point is very well taken, as all your points are, and I appreciate them so much. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's face it, sometimes multitasking can be overwhelming. Like when your favorite podcast is playing and the person next to you is talking and your car fan is blasting, all while you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. But then again, sometimes multitasking is easy, like quoting with Progressive Insurance. They do the hard work of comparing rates so you can find a great rate that works for you, even if it's not with them. Give their nifty comparison tool a try and you might just find getting the rate and coverage you deserve is easy. All you need to do is visit Progressive's website to get a quote with all the coverages you want, like comprehensive and collision coverage or personal injury protection. Then you'll see Progressive's direct rate and their tool will provide options from other companies, all lined up and ready to compare, so it's simple to choose the rate and coverages you like. Press play on comparing auto rates. Quote at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Stephanie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call, and thanks for sharing your passion with us. We appreciate it out here. And do you know that I have a daughter named Stephanie? You do? Yes. (laughs) Wow, I bet she is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I I love the name Stephanie, and that's how she ended up named that. So you have a great name. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, how can I serve you today, Stephanie? Well, my husband um, recently took a work trip to China, and he mentioned when he got back that everybody um, over there paid with their phone. Nobody used credit cards that he saw, and so I'd heard of um, some 
things like Samsung Pay or Google Wallet or Apple Pay and just wondered um, if those were safe or how they work. They're safer. They're actually safer, according to people who study these things, than traditional ways of paying with plastic using an actual credit or debit card that the systems are more difficult for criminals to defeat than the plastic that we commonly use now. So if you are you Android or iPhone? Android. So using Android Pay and if you're Samsung using Samsung Pay, I mean that's great and just fine to do. I have both a Samsung phone and a Samsung watch. Mm-hmm. And I can pay for my watch, and I keep meaning to set it up, and I just never have gotten around to it. One of the problems we face, though, is that merchants have not really adapted with their payment systems to Apple Pay or any of these things. Well, that's so, what I wondered. I, I didn't want to like walk up and look cool and try to pay with my phone and then... <laughs> not work and i stand there looking kind of like a fool (laughs) no you wouldn't look like a fool they would be the ones that haven't adapted and i've noticed particularly at uh restaurants Mm -hmm. that take the alternative methods of paying that they have signs that say you can pay with apple pay or samsung pay or you know google or whatever and it will be something that will become a common way we will do things because it's becoming so common everywhere else. And your husband probably felt like he was so out of date (laughs) not being able to just pay with his phone or watch or something. Yes. And then one other part, is this like you take your existing credit card and I would put it on Apple Pay or Google Wallet or is it Samsung? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it works now. I'm hoping, though that eventually the cell phone operators or the cell phone manufacturers will break the Visa MasterCard cartel and come up with their own payment systems so that merchants and indirectly you and me don't pay these massive fees that Visa and MasterCard hold everybody up for. Sure. Awesome. New technology has a way of breaking monopolies And I'm hoping that it'll do so and send Visa and MasterCard, if not to the dustbin of history, at least to no longer having the shared monopoly they have over payment systems. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Farm to table is such the end thing right now, and for restaurants, Sourcing locally is a constant challenge to get those fresher food items closer to the source going into the food that goes on your table. Well, there's a breakthrough that solves 
a world of problems. And it's one that started off, first I was aware of it, was a university experiment at Georgia Tech. And now is something that is going mainstream. And this is a concept that is amazing. You know all those shipping containers that bring stuff from Asia to the United States? And these shipping containers pile up in truck yards, shipping yards, whatever, because there's a lot more goods coming from Asia to the United States than going back. So we have all these surplus containers. Architects try to figure out what to do with them. Any of a number of industries trying to figure out new uses for these. Well, the brilliant thing is they can be used to grow food. And there's a group called Local Roots that the website's localrootsfarms.com. And what these people do is they take these shipping containers and turn them into growing centers for a variety of items. Could be lettuce, kale, um, various spices, and they're able to grow in these in a fraction of the time on a farm with only 1% of the water used. And I can see in urban areas where restaurateurs that want to locally source will own their own containers and will grow their lettuce right in them. And the yield is amazing. One, according to Bloomberg, one 40-foot trailer grows as much produce as five acres of farmland. This is potentially a game changer. Now, the question over time will be if people like the quality of the taste, if the produce grown in them seems equivalent. But with so many parts of the country facing severe water restrictions, being able to grow produce with 1% of the water normally used is extraordinary. And any solution that allows people more affordably to eat healthy food items is brilliant. Walter is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Walter. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Walter. So you got a question for me about a very industrious child. Oh, yes. <laughs> What's the story? So my child is four. And we have about $2,000 in a savings account, and I wasn't sure what to do with it because um, I, went, I graduated from community college. My wife graduated from a four-year, and her brother and sister also graduated from a four-year. But my wife got a scholarship, and I knew it was in the talks for Maryland to go to a, um, a free, essentially, community college plan. So I was thinking, he's most likely going to go to college, but I don't want to set aside all this money for college if it can be put towards down payment for a house or put down money towards buying a car, because I contribute about 500 to to 1000 per year 
for him since he's uh, since he's about two years old. So your four-year-old is relying on your generosity. You don't have that four-year-old out working somewhere? Nope. Oh, man. <laughs> Child labor laws interfering and all that. Okay, yep. so the idea of Maryland joining other states with free community college and not having to worry about the cost, even if they make it tuition-free, there will be other eligible expenses that your four-year-old will face. So I don't think you need to err on the side of not putting any money aside in a 529 plan because there will be other expenses that will happen even in tuition-free states is that almost certainly is going to emerge as part of the educational future is having uh, community colleges, commuter schools with little or no tuition. You know, you got right. books. Um, there uh, are other expenses, you know, that with your child being four, I don't want to talk about what the eligible expenses will be 14 years from now, but there will be other things that will be things that will allow the tax-free withdrawal of money you'd put in a 529. But there's something else as well. If your child turns out to be brilliant like your wife and scholarships out, do you know that there's no 10% penalty on the money? I did not know that. Yeah, so, so if he so I could pull that all out. You could pull it out. You'd have to pay income tax on gain, but you right. don't have to pay the 10% penalty. And if it was used for eligible college expenses, educational expenses, that's tax-free. But even if it does become taxable if he scholarshiped out, you st- it, you're still equal maybe even a little better than you'd be with other possibilities of where you'd stash the money because you'd have tax deferred growth for 14 to 19 years okay and and you think uh that would be the way to go because i wouldn't have to worry about room and board because um i where i live i have two state schools and a community college nearby so i was thinking the only thing i would have to pay for is the the books and other little incidentals that would come up for that. So you think I should still go with the 529, even though I wouldn't have to worry about those? Well, actually, I'll tell you what would be my more favorite answer. Are you fully funding a Roth IRA for you and your wife? Um, I am. She is not. She has a 403B plan. All right, so this is the answer then. Instead of thinking about the 529, instead of having money in your child's name, the money should go into a, a, a Roth IRA for your wife, the money you have, and the money you would add to it each year, with the understanding of the two of you as a couple that if your four-year-old does need money for college expenses, your wife would withdraw the contributions, not the earnings, and then it still ends up being a tax-free event. Okay. And that would be the right compromise about how to do it. And if the money's never needed for college, then you and your wife have the money to fund a portion of your retirement tax-free. Dan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dan. Good afternoon, Mr. Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. And you are going to go through a grueling graduate school admissions test. That's the plan. 
you know, when I went to grad school, I took the, I don't know if it still exists, I took the, what was called the GRE. The GRE, right. Does that still I'm exist? studying for the GMAT. Okay, graduate, uh, let's see, graduate, GMAT stands for? Oh, no, you put me on the spot. Uh, everybody just calls it the GMAT. GMAT. We'll leave it at that. Sounds good. GMAT, um, oh, all right. So Joel wanted to make sure we knew it's called. It's called the Graduate Management Admissions Test. There you go. And I don't remember what GRE stood for. Oh, you're going to show I, me that, Joel? I don't, I don't see GRE. I don't know either. I, I, and uh, I remember it was not fun sitting for that thing. <laughs> graduate well, Record Exam is what GRE stands for. Well, that's why I need to take uh, a refresher course. And uh, that's the question I have for you today is that all the ones that I've looked at seem to have pretty good reviews, but they really vary in cost, uh, and they're from anywhere from 200 to $1,400. How about $10? $10. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a source I really like for you to start with for these tests, and if you don't like it, you can always go spend more money. But there's a website called Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, and they have both um, GMAT Verbal and GMAT Math prep courses at ten bucks. What do you uh, What do you recommend if I'd want to take the the course in person? You feel like you you can't get by with an online class. I can do an online class. I've done it before. I, I just feel better if I take it in person. So this is something you can only go by uh, word-of-mouth recommendations from people who've already taken the GMAT and where they went and how they felt. Right. Because the online online courses obviously are lower risk. You spend $10 on one if it works for you. You spent $10. If it doesn't work for you, you're $10 not well. You spend hundreds or in the thousands for a prep course and it doesn't work for you, you're out all that money and the time. So ask as many people as you can who you know have taken it or you think have taken it, if they did take a prep course, which one they took and how they felt about it. Okay, I'll do that. But why don't you go just, I'm going to nudge you, just go try one of the $10 ones first. I will. Okay. You never, you never let us wrong in the past. So. Well, but you know, different people learn different ways. There are people who don't do well in a class that's taught online, and you've got to know yourself if that's a way that you could successfully learn. Brenda's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Brenda, you're going to Portugal. Yes. Hi, Clark. Um, yes, I'm going to be going to Portugal and. Uh, thinking about renting a car, I checked with my car insurance company. They said they do not cover uh, international rentals. Um, so was wondering what I should do. To okay, cover. so first of all, I got to give you such props that you made that call and found that out. Yes, thank goodness I did because I, I really assumed that they did. <laughs> now, I would like you also, after we talk, to call back and ask a second question, can you add additional coverage to your auto policy for international? Okay. 
And if you can, that would be better. But if the answer is no, they're not going to do it. Right. Then you have a more difficult task because you can buy coverage on your own or you can even buy from the car rental counter, but it's not going to cover, in most cases, the liability risk you potentially face. Right. Which is, you know, people worry about the cost of a car, but that's nothing compared to the liability risk if somebody says you hurt them. So I want to I wanna send you back to, the, to your auto insurer itself. Okay. Because what suggestion did they have for you? They didn't. Really? I just asked, and they said, no, we don't, and that was kind of where I left it, and then I thought thought about that Insure My Trip, um, and I did check, and I didn't see any car coverage on that, and I know that you had talked about in the past with the the credit card, and that's not a problem with the credit card, but it still doesn't cover the liability part, so, but I am going to call back the insurance company to see... um, if they do cover, and what would be a good... Let me tell you, and let me interrupt you for a second. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of something else, too, and that's Auto Europe. Have you ever heard of that company? I've seen it on your website. I would look at at Mm -hmm. Auto Europe and see if they offer as part of the coverage they offer, because a lot of their rentals come with insurance, to see if they provide liability coverage as okay. part of what you would get with them. Okay. Oh, wait. So Kim, our producer, has found on Auto Europe. How'd you do that so quickly, Kim? Uh, so every car rental from Auto Europe includes liability and fire ex- insurance. Third-party oh. liability takes care of damage done to anyone and anything outside of your rental vehicle. So my second answer was better than my first answer. Okay. So I can go through them for all the insurance. Exactly. And then just use my credit card. um, Which covers whatever they wouldn't cover. Okay. Yeah. And so with Auto Europe, what they do is they're, uh, for lack of a better term, they're like a broker for car rentals. So they work with all the bigs of the European car rental companies. Okay, great. And I've used Auto Europe. Some of my times I've rented a car in Europe. Other times I've booked direct. It just has depended on where I got the best deal. But in your case, just using them would be the right deal. Okay, great. And have a wonderful time in Portugal. I'm jealous. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com and Producer Joel asks it for you. What you got, Joel? Clark Harry wrote in and said, do you recommend a service called Home Title Lock? It supposedly keeps someone from stealing your home by borrowing against the value and then never repaying the loan. Yeah, so I read another item on this in the Florida Sun Sentinel about the problems involved with criminal behavior where people uh, use fraudulent documents to strip you of ownership of your home and the equity in it it is a horrendous activity when it happens and it is just fortunately a very rare occurrence the problem with any of the services saying that they will protect your title lock it down is 
there's really no such thing. They are an alert system, almost like credit monitoring. And because of the way title work happens around the country, it would only give you a bit more warning that something fishy has happened. The recommendation from real estate experts is that you look for certain signs of mischief rather than using a service like one of these. And it would be mail suddenly coming to your house addressed to other people or services saying, well, welcome to the neighborhood and we're here to clean, do handyman work, that kind of thing at your house. You see something like that, you know there's a real danger. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 